How about we do a little thought experiment here? Uh, name your, don't tell me, but name your top five combination of all time. Uh, do you have them yet? Are you thinking? Do you have them? Do you have them? right there? Yep. Okay. Good. Let me guess. Peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. Spaghetti meatball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario and Luigi. Of course. Uh, but let me guess. You don't have one combination that I'm thinking about, and you're sadly mistaken in your top five without this combination. And this combination should be on everybody's top ten list, or five list, or no number one list, but it's sadly not. And this week's episode, we are talking about the best combination ever in the world. Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. There's the music that he wrote for his most spookiest films. And this, this song that we're listening to right now didn't make the list. That's why it's the intro. It's <laughs> awesome, but Batman's not a spooky film. Of course not. It's kind of spooky-ish, you know? It's dark. It's a bat and a penguin. <laughs> uh, but this is, I believe, the uh, Birth of a Penguin, number one. I believe is the name of the track. You would be correct. So good. Hello and welcome everybody to Drink In Geek OST, or in the month of October, it's just D Ghost. <laughs> this is a show where we drink beer and listen to geeky soundtracks. This episode is featuring the Elysian's Dark Knife Pumpkin Schwarz beer. I am your player one, the Vampire Duke of Hungary, named Dustin. And I am still player two, Dr. Saffenstein's monster. And as Dustin has already mentioned, this is a Danny Elfman track from Batman Returns, The Birth of Penguin Part 1. I just got jazzed about listening to it. I'm so (laughs) sorry I almost ruined that for that. But I gave my thoughts about the song before, but I think it's just awesome. Like, Even though this didn't make the list... Because it's not technically like his spooky films. Yeah. It's it's up there. It's a dark film. And Penguin, Joker, like those are his two main villains. And Selena Kyle, like those are his villains. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're all spooky and scary. You gotta love Batman. And this, uh, the Danny Elfman composed tracks for the Batman films are probably the best of any of the Batman songs. Yeah. I do like the Hans Zimmer ones. Don't get, don't get twisted, but, uh, a lot of Hans Zimmer, just like, uh, who's the, who directed Michael Bay? Just like, <laughs> like Hans Zimmer is like the Michael Bay of, you're right. <laughs> so that is a good point. So, you know, you, you have excellence when it comes to Hans Zimmer music, but you also have like the same, uh, epic, like this type of like sound that you get with all Hans Zimmer music. I like Hans Zimmer. Don't get it wrong. Of course. But I, I don't know. This one is just so it, it's, it's just so Danny Elfman. Oof, yeah. And not very Batman-y, but it's still just a greatly composed track. Yeah. And I definitely do think Batman want to hear it. Like when I think, <laughs> when I hear like the, the Batman theme, not just yeah. like the, the Joker, the Selena Kyle themes, which are really good too. It just, uh, even cause this is returns. Even when you go back to 89 and you listen to that soundtrack, it's still really good Batman theme. It's recognizable. We got to get to the beer. Yes, we do. Uh, the beer that we have in front of us, like I announced earlier is the Elysian Dark Knife. Uh, pumpkin Schwarz beer. We started talking about the Dark Knight. Now we're talking about the Dark Knife. Yep, it is. Uh, Elysian is an out beer. I don't remember where they are, but we've had them on before, and we're gonna have them on soon because we have that contact haze. I already drink that. Uh, I still have that contact haze. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're owned by like uh, AB InBev or something, so they're not really craft beer anymore. No, but this I just thought this was perfect. It's for, great. Uh, this area. Um, yeah, they're owned by AB, for sure. They're in Seattle, Washington. Ah, there we go. I was looking all over for the bottle for it. I was trying to find it on the website, but the website was like, St. Louis, Missouri. I was like, no, that's where Anheuser is. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. But yeah, I mean, they have Space Dust and they have other things. Mm-hmm. It's still a quality drink. They do make beverage. good beer. Uh, but definitely not like a local craft beer anymore. 
but it's still craft beer. It's just it's not uh, it's not independent. It's not it's not an indie right. craft beer. Yeah, I like indie craft beers. Better. We try to drink local, anyways. But I just couldn't pass this one up. It's Halloween. It's October. It's pumpkin. I've wanted to try this for the longest time, uh, and I just figured it would be a good uh, good way of getting you to drink pumpkin beers because you avoid them like yeah, the plague. <laughs> I do. Uh, so this one also doesn't have the IBV, AB, IBUs, so we're going to have to play the game uh, that we play in every game. And so for whatever reason, we don't have a sound glyph of, you know, guess that IBUs <laughs> or whatever. But Someday. It, but it is at 4.3% ABV, and it says pumpkin Schwarz beer brewed with pale Munich roasted barley and dark malts. On the bottle, it says, This season we took a stab at a pumpkin Swartz beer. And then what you just said. And then it says, German North Brewer and Saz hops. Give it a little edge. Pumpkin entrails, cinnamon, and ginger, sm- ginger smooth over the crime scene. Pour carefully. Dark knife is unfiltered and may contain sediment. Nice. Uh, we had a Shores beer on the show recently, didn't we? It was one of the IIRF mm-hmm. ones. I think it was Black Acre. Yeah, Empty Stage. No, that's that was Black Circle. It was. I'm. I can't think of it, so I can't really at least do a search. So I did a <laughs> like a search on the brewery. I want to see if I can find the check in there. Um, I could just look at our show notes. Oh, you could probably beat beat me there with the show notes too. On drinkinggeekout.com. On um, yes, shut down Schwartz. Uh, there we go from the Captain Awards episode. Yeah, so I was scrolling through, and there's some beers on there that I really wish to try. There's a pumpkin one. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if they have it on tap, but okay. Yeah, but we did have them. I we like Black Acre. Yeah, uh, we're a Black Acre household here. Definitely a fan of them. Uh, continuing with our bottle discussion. We've got a knife with eyeballs, mm-hmm. probably the reflection of whoever's stabbing, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. I uh, guess that would be... And they're, like, carving into this pumpkin. He's a spooky and scary guy just wants to decorate his house for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that... I mean, the, there's a pumpkin. It's got Elysian carved into it. There's mm-hmm. a green kind of wood grain background. But besides that, it's just a yeah. big bomber with pumpkin carving going on yeah when i first saw this bottle i was like "Ooh, that could have been really good for our mandalorian episode when we talked about the dark saber oh yeah (laughs) that does kind of look like that yeah dark knife dark saber but i like dark knight dark knife Mm -hmm. combination better i'm all about combinations this episode (laughs) we try we try to make the beer fit the theme yes we 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 really do uh color color (laughs) dark as night it's very very dark it's uh it kind of has like a purpley hue at the top i don't know if it's the led lights that's doing that uh, maybe me. i'm not seeing it so much on my side uh maybe yeah maybe it's you know it's, it is like a, a brown light brown maybe the leds kind of hit the, the glass and made it a little blue but uh i can't really see through it normally you'd see like red at the bottom there's like some beer. brown hues around maybe down here like mm-hmm. just on the edge but not I don't want to say it's the darkest beer we've had because there is some a little bit of a brown hue, but yeah, so it kind of makes me sad that we can't have the Dark mm-hmm. Knight uh, number fifty nine. But uh, Riddix glasses, maybe fifty one, or get closer to K two S O. K two S O is where I was leaning. Yeah, I don't know what fifty is. Just like a that's a smoke monster from Lost. Oh, I didn't watch the show. <laughs> no idea. Okay, so. K2SO, because, I don't know, it's probably between those two, because it is darker than dark, but you do see a little bit of the the brown at the bottom. So, I guess I'll just, I'll go with one. <laughs> the smell is interesting. Kind of reminiscent of all pumpkin-y style, but kind of chocolatey. Yeah. I get the hint to pumpkin, but there's also, like, I guess it's the scent of the beer that I'm getting. Right. Uh, I wonder if you'll be able to taste the like the nutmeg and the clove spices, but uh, cinnamon and ginger. Yeah, uh, I might be smelling the ginger too. Uh, yeah, definitely getting hints of ginger. Oh, a little bit of like now that you say cinnamon, I totally smell yeah. that too because that kind of reminds me of the Sokovesa that we had 
uh, the the Mexican spicy from stout that we stone. had from Stone, yeah. And a little bit of a malty yeah. scent to it. So I wonder if he's like they use the the ginger and the cinnamon instead of like the nutmeg and whatnot to spice it because they don't want it to make it taste like a pumpkin pie or something. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I guess we could find out what it tastes like. Yeah, but preface this by saying uh, these bottles, these dark knife bottles, especially the pumpkin beers, are notorious for being old. So I don't know how oh, old yeah. they are. It doesn't say on the bottle anywhere. Yeah, I saw on a tap that someone was saying that they got a really old bottle and they, they did, when they bought it from the store. I didn't dust, you know. Yeah. So. It wasn't an inch layer of dust on it, so yeah, that's a good sign. I've had those before, but I don't know how regularly they clean their shelves or rotate their stock. But this could be a new bottle. I don't know. I'm just prefacing it by saying, just keep it in mind, a lot of these bombers sometimes, you know. If it's a darker this. beer, they tend to age a little better, but it, it'll taste different than a fresh beer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it won't be just bad yeah i just wanted to throw that out there before we you know a good point get in there so bottoms up go. uh right up front with the cinnamon flavor it is definitely a schwarz beer kind of when you when you smell it and you and when you like look at it you kind of anticipate a stout but yeah it's it's just it's very light schwarz beery the pumpkin seems to be more on the back end mm-hmm. of the beer and i i'm getting those notes of chocolate that we kind of scented or mm-hmm. smelled a little bit Almost like a chocolate covered like pumpkin like tart or something. Yeah. Not not tarty, but you know, like a little little cookie with some yeah, pumpkin like a pumpkin roll almost. Yeah, and then you you know, dip that in chocolate. I that the ginger kind of brings a weird I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a a spring of, you know, like a like a I don't know, like a spritzy taste mm-hmm. to it when you like when you first drink it there's like that i don't know burst of like a ginger ale <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah. how to describe it it's just something that's bouncing in there and i don't know if like i don't know if i like that combination but those could work for a schwarz beer i don't know this is our second schwarz beer it kind of adds to the bitterness of the beer a little bit the ginger which could affect our ibu number yeah i this very low anyways yeah, I think the sweetness of the chocolate and the pumpkin kind of mm-hmm. make it easier to swallow. Yeah, and this is definitely not your your typical pumpkin beer. <laughs> it's because, not your basic bitch pumpkin. Yeah, because, ale. yeah, whatever. Like they this this doesn't seem like they just pumped in pumpkin flavoring because it, it's definitely lacking that nutmeg and you know the other spices that make a pumpkin yeah. pie. Uh, so I don't know if adding those spices would make it any better, uh, but this is most definitely not like your pumpkin patch beer from so and so, Lion Club or whatever. <laughs> right, it, um, the pumpkin is not the standout here. Yeah, which I'm good with. Right, yeah, for sure. It's a nice way to have your pumpkin and also not be overwhelmed with. Oh, this is just like drinking a pumpkin spice latte. All I have is pumpkin and no other flavors. <laughs> So on untapped, as we normally do, this is a 3.4 average out of 6,510 total check-ins, um, 5,627 ratings. We got a couple of friends here uh, who checked it in. Um, I got one. I have three of them. I'll let you do your one because I know who it is. Mr. Gone. He says, attended another brew club meeting last night, got to try this, and it's pretty nice. Had a great flavor with a little pumpkin spice, 3.75, and that was in 2019. Yes. So he's not going out and <laughs> meeting them in quarantine. It'd be nice to get those again. Right. But now is not the time. Uh, Jack, uh, he was in downtown Baltimore. He just has Jack. He doesn't have a name. Downtown Baltimore hmm. in 2018 in Jack. October is perfect. Jack sounds like a name. I mean, he doesn't have a last name. <laughs> no identification of his, who he is. He was carving a pumpkin, uh, and he had this dark roasty pumpkin. It's definitely roasty. I can yeah, tell you that one then, for sure. It does say something about roasted on dark malts and, mm-hmm. uh, roasted something or other on the yeah. roasted barley. Yeah, so Jack gave it a 3.5. And then Christian D, 
right outside the pecan court cul-de-sac. <laughs> My man, Christian, uh, he gave it a 2.5. Ooh. Yeah, he rated this in 2018. He said, not really good. Expected much more. I think I can understand the expected much more part, but I can't really sit here and say it's not really good. Right. I mean, you if you want to put FSNs on really good, uh, but it sounds like he's just saying it's not good because he gave it a two and a half. Yeah. So I don't know. It's definitely not a five, so I can totally agree with not really good, but it doesn't seem like he's putting the FSNs on the really. He's putting the FSNs on the good. good. Yeah. If you are wanting something more pumpkin-y, or if you're expecting something that's just pumpkin forward, then yeah. you're going to be thrown off with this beer. Yeah, for sure. A lot of three and a halves here. Uh, not a whole lot of comments so far as I'm scrolling. Yeah. I d- this guy didn't say anything, but his picture, he's drinking like a red ale almost, so I don't think he's checking in the right beer. <laughs> right. Uh, Phil T. took a picture of a bottle that has a 50% I off saw sticker that too. on there. Uh, on sale four ninety eight. <laughs> I paid fourteen dollars for this. Get out of here! Oh, he probably bought like a two thousand eighteen. It's probably a vintage <laughs> bottle. Uh, Corey says, starting off October with a pumpkin emoji, beer emoji, and a new badge. Cheers, everyone! Got it at Safeway, and he gave it a three and a half. Nice, uh, Dexter B. and Vincennes. Indiana, I uh, said this was this one is very good. Uh, here at the Halloween mini tour, hmm. so it looks like he got it on tap. Yeah, from the picture, it looks like he got it on tap. He was in a tap room. Uh, he gave it a four twenty five. If you're curious about a vintage version, this one says twenty eighteen, super watery, a ton of malt. That's about it. Two point seven five. I can see the watery part. You're drinking a Schwartz beer, man. <laughs> All right. I'll get started. I gave this one a 375. I did not write anything as per usual, um, but I will say that I kind of agree with uh, Christian D when he said that he was expecting much more. I am a basic bitch when it comes <laughs> to pumpkin flavors. I'm all about it. Pumpkin donuts, pumpkin coffee, pumpkin spiced things, <laughs> pumpkin pie. I ate an entire pumpkin pie yesterday. Kroger has good chocolate chip pumpkin cookies in their like bakery section. Yeah. So uh, someone at work makes uh, or his mother makes a, a pumpkin roll, you know, the pumpkin bread or whatever they make and uh, cream cheese. But mm-hmm. she adds the chocolate chips to it. I'm all about the all about pumpkins, and so excited about this. Wanted to try it. Definitely didn't have hopes up because of what I said. Sometimes bombers are left over. Right. It is a Schwarz beer, not a stout, uh, but the flavors are still good. Uh, as you know, as per a Schwarz beer, it, it's still pretty good and a little bit of pumpkin taste. If I could. I don't know, have a little bit more pumpkin flavor to it. It'd be a little bit higher, uh, but it's still a decent beer. Mm-hmm. I actually agreed with you. I gave it a 3.75. Uh, Perfect. And I said, not much pumpkin, which is good for me, but being a pumpkin beer, I would still expect it to be right. higher in the pumpkin, so it's hard to give it uh, in the four range when... Mm-hmm. The pumpkin is kind of in the back seat to everything else. Right. I, I do like the Schwartz beer aspect, and I think that's a good take on a pumpkin beer because it's not just another pumpkin's pale ale or whatever that we normally see. And um, I like that the cinnamon and ginger both are mm-hmm. are in there and noticeable. It's just I feel like the pumpkin should be more front and center in a pumpkin beer. Right. It's like having a sour beer and not being that sour. Mm-hmm. You're like, hmm. I could drink this finally, but it's still not enjoyable. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not what it's supposed I to be. I feel like this wouldn't, for fans of this style of beer, this wouldn't like really hit them in like a, a good spot. Right. And the price, you said, <laughs> seems like a little high for what you got. I mean, yeah, it, it's a bomber. I've paid, uh, I paid a lot more for bombers. Mm-hmm. Like I've paid, I don't remember what I paid for the Cosmonaut from. Uh, Bird Boy. That that was pretty pricey, but it was still good. Yeah. But bombers tend to run that high. 
Usually they have higher ABVs in them. That's what causes the higher prices. If this was a $5 bomber, I think it would deserve a better score. But for a $15 right. bomber, it's it's hard to give it a high score. Right. I'll have to take a look at the receipt. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was in that 11 to $14 range. It was about the same that I paid for the six-pack of right. that I grabbed. So, All right. Let's get into some music. Does that sound good to you? Uh, sounds perfect to me. But before we get into that, just want to say that uh, because this is a combination episode of Tim Burton movies that are spooky and also the only composer behind him is Danny Elfman, uh, kind of just want to say that Tim Burton is an American filmmaker, animator, and artist. He is best known for his gothic fantasy and horror films. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint what he's most well known for. Uh, personally, my wife will tell you it's Nightmare, uh, before Christmas. I knew him when he did Beetlejuice and Edward Scissor's Hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, like I knew those films and then I went into the Batman thing. I didn't really watch, I didn't honestly didn't watch Nightmare until like last year. Yeah. I'm not a huge on that movie. I mean, it's good. Yeah. But, uh, it's definitely Beetlejuice probably for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you get the idea of who he is based on those films. And he has other films that are not spooky, scary, but bring that gothic element to it. Batman is dark and kind of has that element to it. He's done James and the Giant Peach, which has that dark feel to it. But Ronald Dahl didn't write it to be a right. horror film type of thing. So you kind of get an idea of who he is and what to expect and what to enjoy. And I think that's the, the, the niche he's in is what makes everyone love him so much. But this isn't a Tim Burton episode. This is a Danny Elfman episode because the combination, he didn't get started because of Tim Burton, but he definitely got put on the map because of Tim Burton. He, yeah. He, I think he might be the only one that composes Tim Burton movies. Yeah. There's some. There's some. There a few in, yeah. in between, but there are, if he's busy yeah. doing something else. Absolutely. Uh, so what's... The best part about these well-known movies is the music that we've grown to love because of them, and they're all done by Danny Elfman. Uh, the main complaint that people have about Danny Elfman, especially my wife, is that his music is a little too peppy for its content. Um, but it's grown on me, mm-hmm. and I know you're a big fan of his. Uh, so when I started making this list, uh, I pulled up a lot more movies that I hadn't watched in years or hadn't watched, period, and kind of started listening to his music. I was like, God, this is just so enjoyable. I put on a Top Hits Danny Elfman playlist Mm -hmm. that was two hours long, and I just Just started... Enjoy it. I just sit back and it worked and listened to it. And I feel like the music fits these films because, like, they're dark, but they also have, like, comedy elements, and Mm -hmm. they're, they're, like... They're not like sp- like scary. They're not right. horror films, but they just have that kind of gothic feel. Yeah, I mean, just like if you if you watch Edward Scissorhands, you know that is a really creepy thing. But it's like a love story. Yeah, really. It's it, it's yeah. It, I think it's awesome. We just watch it. Allison hadn't seen it before. We just watch it. Enjoy it. Every it it's time. great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so Danny Elfman is an American composer, songwriter. Uh, singer because he sang he does the voice of singing of jack of jack yep uh he's a producer and actor uh his first uh, he first became well known uh in a band of was it oingo boingo oh yeah back in the 80s uh and then he started doing work with um um Tim Burton and the rest is history uh his first movie that they did together as a pair was peewee's big adventure when Paul Rubin and Tim Burton reached out to him and said, hey, can you come write for us? And so he did, and now Tim Burton and him have been uh, kind of hooking up uh, <laughs> together. And one important thing that I do like about Tim Burton, even though it's not a Tim Burton thing, is he re- recycles his actors. Yeah, he does films. use a lot of the same people. Catherine O'Hara is in a lot of these movies. Uh, Winona Ryder's in a few. Johnny Depp is in a lot of them. Paul Rubin is also in a few of them. What's he was in P- uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He was in Nightmare. He was one of Batman the- Returns. It was Batman Returns too. Yeah, uh, he was. Was he? He's one of the voices, or all three of the voices of the Troublemaker. Kids. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so he, they, Helen Curran, Bottom Carter, or whatever her name is. Yeah, oh, Helena she's Bottom in the Carter, bottom. Yeah. A lot of the later movies. Yeah, the Corpse Bride and, and all that stuff. Alice kinda, in Wonderland. Uh, yeah, Alice in Wonderland. That's what Johnny Depp as well. I was mm-hmm. kind of hoping Johnny Depp made an appearance in Frankie and Weenie, but he doesn't. <laughs> I was very sad about it. But Catherine O'Hara does. I digress. 
Um, so I did pick a few tracks from uh, a few of those movies that were deemed as spooky and scary. Uh, even though it's Persona spooky and scary, like films like Batman or Planet of the Apes did not make the list. Uh, those are for a different film uh, of just showcasing Danny Elfman. Yeah, a different podcast, yeah. different episode. We'll talk about another Danny Elfman and Tim Burton volume two or something. <laughs> right. And I'm going in chronological order. I'm not doing favorites. I'm not doing, you know, top tens. I'm doing, uh, we're going to start with the first spooky and scary movie, which was Beetlejuice in 1988. And this is the main title opening of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's funny, too, because that song is, like, relevant in one of the Mm -hmm. scenes. And that was Danny Elfman's voice for that little Mm -hmm. snippet right there. There we go. Because, like, that entire beginning part, I don't really... Other than that daylight coming part, I don't really see Beetlejuice. But then here... Yeah, that is, like, the title card, like, the... Whatever they call, like, the studio card and mm-hmm. stuff that they show before, like, they get to the main titles. Yeah. Like, that stuff kind of plays in the background. Whenever I hear Danny Elfman songs, I picture, like, a sweeping shot, like, a drone shot almost across... Yeah. That seems to be how a lot of these start. And it always feels like it's moving. Mm-hmm. And so it feels with that, that same angular view that you're talking about, drone shot. Um, this kind of seems circusy. This little yeah. uh, two-step type of thing. And you get that with the Beetlejuice, you know, uh, the way he's dressed and the way he looks. And I wonder if Big Top Peewee has like similar songs to it because it's all about circus and in, in the Pee Wee Herman second movie. Yeah. That right here is circusy. Mm-hmm. And I guess it makes sense because it's like a marching band almost and Yeah. And one of the scenes, Beetlejuice's head does become <laughs> like a tent? A, a circus tent? tent? <laughs> yeah. For sure. And we can move on to the end credits. I believe it's similar. It doesn't have the daylight come part. Yeah. A lot of these, I picked the end credits for a lot of these before we kind of put this list together because of the the, the fact that he makes like a reprisal of them mm-hmm. and makes them better. As soon as you get a lot of the sounds from the the rest of the the movie Mm -hmm. in there, kind of incorporates them in the exit. Here it kind of slows down and becomes more of a scrolly text. Yeah. Yeah. It's like light plucking sounds mm-hmm. are nice. But you still have this kind of like ooh stuff in the background. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of reminds me of that that friend of that family who said he's like a clairvoyant. (laughs) Kind of reminds me of him. Yeah. That kind of chubby guy. Yeah. It's almost like a waltz. Yeah. 
it's almost like that Sherlock theme. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really I like it. It's, it's soothing. move on now we have Edward Scissorhands this is the intro titles I think this one kind of has Christmas elements to it too yes because there's a Christmas party Mm -hmm. and uh, in this town doesn't snow, but it snows because of Edward Scissorhands. He uh, carves that sculpture or a bunch of yeah. sculptures. Because at the end, Winona's character was like, it doesn't snow, it didn't snow until because of him, and it shows him in a scene where he's making all these sculptures of her from his tower, and it's going out the window. So as much, he, I guess he likes to combine Halloween and Christmas, because this and Nightmare and Batman Returns all kind of have... Christmas yeah. elements and horror elements. I feel like back in the 80s and 90s, a lot of the people attached moods to holidays. And he's just pulling like that mood to kind of pull people in. It's working, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, your, uh, your niece had a Nightmare Before Christmas themed wedding, mm-hmm. so... And she was born in, around the time that it came out. A little bit later, I think. Uh, 97? Yeah. And it came out in 93, so. They were born. (laughs) Right. Move on to the end titles, which starts out basically the same, just a little different quality. Yeah, the reprisal is always going to be better. It's a little different there. You hear humming. Yeah, there's more of that. The choir. Um, I I felt I don't know it was really hard for me to pinpoint an Edward Scissorhands theme that was recognizable because mm-hmm. I guess when people like watch these movies this isn't on their list of films to watch of Tim Burton but I think it should be it should be this is a really nice film it's very soothing music there isn't like a moment in the movie where I I'm rep- like a uh, the music repels me or anything. It's just, it's really nice. There's parts of the movie that, appel- you know, offends me, but not the music, for sure. And the uh, image on this track is Edward Scissorhands, but you see his eyes reflecting into his scissors. Yeah, it looks just exactly like, like the bottle. Double meaning. <laughs> I'm going to jump forward a little bit. Usually these tracks change halfway through yeah. during the titles. Yeah. I will say, though, when I was watching the ki- thing as a kid, I thought he killed his father. Like, when he gave him the the yeah the, the hands, I thought when he reached for him, he, he stabs went through him. him, he stabs him. But that's not what happened at all. It's been too long since I've seen it. What happens? He just dies of a heart attack. Oh. And then he falls over, and Edward tries to he catch the hands. Sinks, and he, like, chops them. And he tries, yeah, he puts his hands through the, the or his, his uh, scissors through the hands, trying to catch the hands. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, like, Yeah, break. kind of break, yeah. Definitely dark elements here. Mm-hmm. But then you get these voices that are like a little uplifting. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess that's what you're supposed to feel at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he had to be in solitude, you have that glimmer of hope. Like, I don't know. And the, it was a weird flashbacky thing they did at the end where I couldn't really tell if it was current time or flashback yeah. time. But 
Because it's like, she's 100 years old and he looks like he's same. the same. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't age because he's like a sewn together. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to a nightmare before Christmas. I feel like Edward Scissorhands was like the precursor to this. Mm-hmm. You know, this mad scientist created a man, but in this case, he oh. created a woman. Yeah. But that's also like Frankenstein type mm-hmm. elements. Get some more Danny Elfman vocals. This is, I think, I think number one song on most people's list for yeah. Danny Elfman. It sucks that Danny Elfman doesn't get to do the speaking voice of Jack. He only does the singing voice. Like, So, um, expect this song to be in your head the rest of the day. Yep. That's the reason why I didn't listen to it when I was listening to all Danny Elkin stuff. <laughs> uh, let's go to the end track, because I don't think there's any vocals in that. The end titles. You could just hear his orchestration more. These bells are Christmassy, but the rest of the song is kind of more horror, mm-hmm. Halloween themed. That's just good. Good music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing to say. It's just, <laughs> it's just really nice. And then it picks up. So it starts with, like, the Christmassy theme, and then goes into the Halloween theme here. It's kind of a... Not a mashup, but... Whatever you call it, when you tie all the themes together. There's a word for it, I just can't think of it. So the instrumental for this Halloween. Mm -hmm. Christmas for sure. Yep. This is a this is where the uh, Blink One Eight Two gets that. What's this? Why shit on the ground? <laughs> Jacks discovers snow. Yeah, this is really nice too. This is probably number two track on this yeah. album for sure for me at least. What's this? What's this? Very jazzy. Yep. It's the boogeyman. <laughs> I like how like like watching films like this where you can pinpoint whose theme it is yeah. on the mashup. This is just fantastic.
Papa Nagula. <laughs> yeah, am I playing Tetris now? <laughs> Catherine O'Hare. Oh. Whatever her character's name is. Yeah. Moira Rose. Mm. Oh, wait, that shit's creep. <laughs> All right, let's go to Mars Attacks now because this is wrapping it up. Yeah, this is. Uh, I've not seen this one. It's a goofy movie, but it it's in a style of like a like a '60s cheesy sci-fi movie. So it it definitely does that, and it, I think it's funny and interesting, but it's really goofy. That Jack. Nicholas is uh, Check Nicholson. Nicholson. I can never get those names right. <laughs> the golfer versus the actor. <laughs> There's a ton of people in this movie. Yeah. I think Jack Nicholson's the president. And uh, you know, at some point, Pierce Brosnan gets his head sewn on a dog or something. <laughs> like. I mean, you could definitely tell the Danny Elfman like, yeah. overtones in this. I do recommend watching the movie just because it's so goofy and weird. I don't know how it holds up because I haven't seen it in years, but... It- We'll just give you a cast. You said it's loaded. Uh, other than Pierce Brosnan and Jack Nicholson, we have Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Annette Benning, Glenn Close, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Michael J. Fox, and then Destroyer. I know Jack Black's in it. Natalie Portman's in it. Must be young. It's one of his first movies. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I forget that Natalie Portman was born in 81. <laughs> Let's see what the end titles sound like. UFO y sounds. Mm hmm. Like a whistle. If I remember right, the aliens just go me 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 me. They're definitely throwing back to old sci-fi films. Is that mm-hmm. There really isn't much difference between the two. I'll uh, jump ahead a little bit. Mario level. <laughs> There's ever alien attacks in Mario. Mario on the spaceship. Mm-hmm. It almost kind of sounded like a factory with like hammers hitting mm-hmm. and like chains moving. 
that's enough of that. We're on to Sleepy Hollow. This is the main title. Mars Attacks came out in 96, this came out in 99. Seems to have like three years gap between all of these. This is Johnny Depp's first film with him, right? Oh, no, not sorry, because he was Edward. This yeah. is since Edward, so like 10 years. Right? It's been like a 10 year gap for him. Mm hmm. Did some growing up. <laughs> He's been busy. Yeah, he has. Both of them have. This is the first one I haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. Or, I have, but it's been so long. But it's got uh, Johnny Depp and uh, Christina Ricci in it. And it's really like the only names that you'll notice other than Jeffrey Jones is in it. Yeah. And, and Jeffrey Jones was in uh, Beetlejuice as the dad. Uh, Amy McDermott's in it. So in a, in a film that he's not like oh, I you. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Walken is in there as well. Oh yeah, I did. No, I, it was on my list to watch, but then Sarah watched it without me, so I just never watched it. Yeah, it's definitely on the list of. I think it was next on the things that I was going to show with Allison because she hasn't seen it. Uh, Mars Attacks probably going to jump it, but I mean, it's nice. I like this part. I just I don't know. I guess. Without seeing it, can't it's really hard to see say it. anything. Yeah. But it's nice. Now we have the end credits, which are probably similar. Yeah. There's one thing I like about Danny Elfman is he brings in the choir mm -hmm. for the reprisals. Ooh, here we go. So Giant Depp, Ichabod in this movie? Uh, yes. better I think the reprised version yeah is. I like it <clears throat> I guess while this plays since neither one of us have seen the movie we can tell people how to get a hold of us <laughs> yeah we might as well do that alright so we have social media pew 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 uh, twitter facebook instagram uh, yeah, I think this is really the only three that we kind of use. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find us at Drinking Geek Out. Out? Why not Oast? Because <laughs> that's our mainstay podcast. Uh, this is a spinoff uh, that is part of Drinking Geek Out. So everything that we're going to do with socials are still going to go through that. You'll see our post uh, for this podcast through that. Uh, speaking of that, we are have a website as well, and we're on the website. Uh, drinkingeekout.com where you can see your blogs. I've written a, 
uh, a few of them. I plan on writing more, but just have to have more time. Uh, while you're on there, you can see the podcasts now. We have three of them on there. Uh, for the mainstay podcast, Drinking Geek Out, you can see our episodes, Drinking Geek OST. And then currently, for now, we have a third one, which is Geek in the Wind, which is the Firefly podcast right now. And because the name is Geek in the Wind, it can be anything. But right now, it's just Firefly. It's a limited series Firefly podcast with me and my wife. Yep. Uh, we have Duking with the Duke coming. And then I feel like Pale's pairing should be happening soon. Hopefully. I don't know. Uh, but just uh, a joke on that. But we are looking forward to, and this might be a tease that may never happen, but an anime series uh, that Pale and Keith are working on doing. And that's, uh, was it Anime by Volume? Yes. Yeah, it's a name that we came up with, and they seem pretty excited about it. They're really enjoying animate. They just have to get a fire under their butt and <laughs> uh, get to do that one. Uh, so we, on there, you can find a link to all of our podcasts. Uh, so if you like, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you can rate us, review us, subscribe to us on any of those podcast platforms. Uh, I use uh, Google Podcasts and Stitcher, probably Stitcher more so mm-hmm. than anything. Uh, if you get on there, do those things. It really helps us out in the long run with uh, getting boosts and all those things. Five stars. Uh, if you want to help us out in monetarily fashion, we have two places that we could do that. It's not required, but you might feel cool walking around the street wearing a Drinking Geek Out t-shirt or a Drinking Geek OST t-shirt. Or a mask. Or a mask. Uh, at DrinkingGeekOut.Threadless.com. And I will tell you, we have two designs up there right now. Uh, we have... Uh, the logo that you see on the podcast and then I have one that I was writing that I kind of was hoping to make like the logo but I just didn't couldn't ever get I don't want to say get it out in time but I couldn't get the elements that we were expecting yeah. into it but it was still a pretty cool it's design, cool design. Uh, so I put it up there uh, and a little teaser since this is October my wife told me to do this and then Andrew told me to do this last night we will be doing a degaust t-shirt but it'll be a D ghost t-shirt. So just a little preview of that. Uh, still got to finalize the, the design and then we'll throw it up immediately uh, onto Threadless. We also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash drinking geek out. We have a lot of tiers for that. Uh, so go on there and, you know, pretty much pay us a dollar and we'll allow you to pick a topic uh, for a show or you know, include you in the thing. And you can listen to Pale's Game of Thrones recaps for the yeah, final we, season. We do have those. Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it for our socials. Um, that's, that's who we are, Drinking Geek Out, and it's who we plan on being. So I thank everyone for hanging out with us. We have a few more to go. Uh, and to kick us off in Act 2 is Corpse Pride. This is the main theme, right? Yes, and it has a similar ding dong ding like that. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a recurrent theme. Mm-hmm. I've also never seen this. Oh. Really, this is really nice. Me and my wife did our uh, light episode on the uh, Tim Burton trio, and that was Nightmare, Corpse Bride, and Frankenween. It's very like it's very uplifting, but also ominous. Essentially. Uh, Two families are trying to merge. Uh, guy, you know how they set up a guy and the daughter and the, the mm, son right. together. Uh, the son goes because he can't do it. He's a screw up. He can't figure things out, and he goes out into the woods to try to practice this proposal because he feels like he's failing and he dies. And so he comes back. I will go. Was it him? I forget. He goes in the underworld. He figures things out, and he has to go back to try to. So okay. So all right. Now now I got it. So <laughs> there's like there's, a, there's a guy. Yeah, there's a guy who basically is trying to marry 
this girl while he was supposed to try to marry the girl. He dies, so he basically swoops in and then, you know, he comes in and proves that he was trying to, you know, take the money and figured there was some kind of, like, money involved and there really wasn't. And then he got mad and so then... Uh, she wanted to be with so and so, and so she died. So then they can be together, dead. Or okay. Yeah, I have to. It's been a while since I watched it. As I'm trying to say the details, <laughs> it's like, wait, is that what happened? I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds about right. This is in credits part one. It kind of switched halfway through. Were you talking? Oh my god. <laughs> it was a good. It still segment. sounds the same though. Right. The reprisal didn't do much to it. I also want to say episode 110 of Drink and Geek Out is where you talk about the Tim Burton movies. So mm. you'll probably be able to recap Corpse Bride better in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's called the Tim Burton Trio from October 28th, 2018. Yeah, two years ago. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah. I'm going to go to part two. Yeah. That's also the last time I watched the movie. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. This is very reminiscent of when he's in the underworld, and he's in like in that bar, that dive bar. Very jazzy, almost like yeah. that boogie woogie song. Mm-hmm. Well, because the the guy he runs into is like a voodoo guy. Uh. And, uh... I just want to like sway, you know. Mm-hmm. Dance this. This would not be on my horror or uh, Halloween. Uh, playlist during a Halloween party. <laughs> yeah, no. Unless they knew right away, going into like, we're doing theme songs from yeah. movies, you know, type of thing. It's almost like that Peanut song. Mm-hmm. The Planners. Like, yeah. Or the Chips Ahoy song. Oh, yeah. The Chips Ahoy. I know what you're talking about. All right, let's move on to nine. Yeah, this one was um, this was produced by Tim Burton. He didn't write the the short film animation, but he produced it. But it's still Danny Elfman. Well, he didn't direct Nightmare on Elm Street or Nightmare Before Christmas. He only wrote it. Yeah, and produced it. I've seen this, but I. Cannot tell you one thing about it. It's been so long. Yeah, so there's a end of the world apocalyptic type of thing coming because uh, the scientist and general made an AI robot, and the scientist was like, uh, "Shit, something's going down." So he put his soul basically in like uh, a like sock puppet type of thing. Yeah, in the sock puppets. So it's almost like the Harry Potter thing where he split his soul into mm-hmm. these little things, and so each one of these nine sock puppet things were part of this dude's soul and he died as soon as he made the ninth one uh, and so the, the 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 history and everything uh, was locked away in that room after the apocalyptic thing and the, the puppets have to go back and figure it out and it's Elijah Wood it's fun people die and then at the end he just kind of releases the souls out of this monster who's you know engulfs them and I don't know. There's three left, I think. I thought maybe he would resurrect them all. Yeah. But there's just three. Just a weird concept. Mm Mm-hmm. There's not much to the music in this. Yeah, it's kind of boring. I almost... I really thought about leaving it off, honestly. It's worth a mention. I mean, this is just one of the 20 tracks on the thing, but I think they're all kind of melancholy like this. Yeah, this is definitely, this is the end scene, but I don't know, I just kind of felt, it was kind of iffy. I really thought about leaving it off, (laughs) but it fits the theme. We'll move on to Dark Shadows. This is the prologue. Pretty sure I've seen this, and it was bad. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I went in 2012 to see it. I haven't seen it since... I totally forgot this film existed. Yeah. It's almost... Well, it's a... Comedy. Re, it's a, Yeah, and it's like a remake of a old TV show, and it's yeah. kind of Adam's Family vibe, but it 
Mm-hmm. It's not as good as Adam Family movies were. Yeah. And it's like also a decade or two too late. Yeah. Music's good though. Yeah, it's very Spider-Man vibes. I think as I was telling you before, Danny Elfman, like in the late two thousands, uh, early two thousands, had like the same vibe. Just kind of reuse the same song, but change it up a little bit. Yeah. It does have like more horror vibes. Mm-hmm. Especially when the film was a comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or as I remember, it was a comedy. Yeah, he was like a fish out of water because he's like living with this nice family or something. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a vampire or a corpse yeah, or something? A vampire. It's like what we do in the shadows, but bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the inn. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's got a different vibe to it than the rest of the songs, but... I don't know what that instrument was, but it was a cool addition. Yeah, it was like a, almost like a synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Music's definitely better than it needed to be for this movie. Yeah. This is enjoyable right here. This is kind of a Stranger Things type. That part. Probably pays homage to what it was made from. Like the original, what it came from. Shall we go to freaking Weenie? Yeah, I think that was a better film, honestly. I do like that movie. kid in that movie looks like a young version of the corpse bride guy yeah he does and it fits the bill like nerdy really smart kid has tragedy happen to him it's like the story of him and his dog mm-hmm. so it's kind of like light and fun mm-hmm. even though the dog's dead yeah, a dog gets run over by a car, chasing after a ball that he hit. <laughs> Very uh, pet cemetery esque. <laughs> Puts him in a cemetery and then he goes yeah. and digs him out and pulls him up. The music's got up vibes. Yeah, it the does. Pixar movie. Very Pixar, yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Which, as far as I know, Danny Elfman could have composed that. I'm not sure. What, Up? Yeah. Michael Giacchino. Oh, okay. Similar. Yeah. All right, last track, we've got The Happy Ending, also from Frank and Weenie. Almost out of place. You had like this epic battle right before this of like the giant pet monsters and it's very somber compared to the upbeat. It's a happy ending, and then this seems sad. Right. This part's cool. Mm-hmm. 
There he is. I like that. <laughs> he likes to put those chanting sounds in his songs. I do need to go back to the beginning of this episode. Um, did we ever give this an IBU? Yeah, we gave it um, 30, four, uh, 37, 47, one of those. 47, that was the previous episode. Oh. <laughs> All right, while we're wrapping this one up, uh, we didn't play the game that we like to play, so we're going (laughs) to do that really quick uh, with the uh, Geek Bitterness Units. Uh, After drinking the rest of this, it just got smaller and smaller as I went. Yeah, I was in the twenties. Yeah, that's exactly where I was headed. Late twenties. Uh, yeah, like well, mid, but late works. Maybe mid, like twenty-seven. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> twenty-seven sounds good to me. All right, twenty-seven is Batman. First appearance of Detective Comics in number twenty-seven, DC Comics Batman. Perfect way to end. <laughs> Love this track too. It's just nice. I mean, there's nothing like overpowering about it, but it's just nice. Yeah. It's just a it's a sweet movie and a sweet song. So I want to ride this into the sunset <laughs> as we coast off. And I will sign off the podcast now, but we still don't have <laughs> like a sign off. <laughs> Other than thank you for listening. (laughs) And goodbye.